Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of Breaking Down the Doors. Joe Rexroad and Adam Sparks, not in the Tennessean studios. We are at TD Ameritrade Park. Vanderbilt just beat Michigan for the national championship 8-2 in the third game of the series, Adam. Second national title in six years. In their third uh, final series appearance in those six years. Um, You know, just kind of a dream season that went from preseason number one to this with some... You know, some really impressive performances and clutch moments that kept it going. But ultimately, just a dream night, really, for Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt baseball, Vanderbilt fans. Yeah, it was really a mixture, I thought, of a team that kept saying all year they expected to be here and a team that looked like they expected to win. And then suddenly when they won, there was the, wow, I can't believe we won. <laughs> right. you, know, you, you get some of that sense. And I was in the locker room after talking to a lot of guys. And for all that they said, we believe we're going to win the whole thing. Uh, when, when you do it, um, it's still somewhat of a surprise. You saw that in their faces. You saw that in their reactions. But uh, the better team won. Now, Michigan was hot, and Michigan was a Cinderella team. Um, they had an incredible run through the postseason. But... I think talent won out. I think that's why talent won out, depth won out, um, and that just gave way. If Michigan was going to win the series, they were going to have to beat Rocker in game two. They were going to have to figure out how to squeeze out that one. Once it went to a third game, uh, Vandy had too much too much for Michigan to handle, I believe. Yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, you tell me, but, you know, a month, six weeks ago, are you expecting Rocker and, and uh, Hickman. Hickman to – to be this great at the, in, on this stage, I mean, I mean, obviously Rocker is just—he's otherworldly the way he's pitched in the postseason, but but Hickman too has been fantastic. I mean, that to me was a was probably the biggest question, wasn't it? A few weeks ago, even, and now it's like, oh yeah, just dominant. Well, I mean, to let people in, you know, up here in the press box, you and I were discussing earlier because I was voting on the all tournament team late in that game and. Who's the MVP? What's Kumar Rocker? Well, look, Mason Hickman's numbers are almost identical to Kumar Rocker's. That's how good those two were. Now, the the plus-plus silver lining there is that both of those two guys are back next year. Yeah. Um, and Rocker's back for next year. It's a pretty good place years. to start. Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, I don't know if I saw that, but it, just the depth of this staff uh, really shone through, and that's what Michigan was going to have to overcome. You know, Vandy would have felt – Horrible had they gone home from Omaha without hitting, and uh, and they finally hit. You know they were hitting 209 coming into this last game, 209 in the, in the College World Series. They finally hit in this one. I mean they didn't hit a ton, but they hit enough. Uh, Pat Demarco's home run in the second inning kind of started it off, and we had talked about this previously when the psychology and the momentum flipped and went to Vanderbilt's way. I didn't think Michigan could get it back. And it went their way in game two with Rocker. When the offense came alive, Michigan Michigan never was going to get that back because they, they, could they couldn't have fun, as they say. They played with a lot of fun. Fun was not going to overcome talent. Well, I will argue a little bit, though, that in that first inning it looked like, oh, this looks like game one. They're just jumping all over Vanderbilt, and it's sharp single, sharp single, sharp single. So at that moment, briefly, I was like, oh, watch out. Now then they have a quick conference on the mound, and Ethan Paul said basically he – told Hickman, you know, keep it low in the zone. we got a big park. Just sort of settled him down, and boom, all of a sudden he strikes out the side. And to get out of that with one run I thought was massive. And and, and 
tough for Michigan. Tim Corbin has talked a lot of this season about the – this is an overused word, I understand, but maturity of a team. And But he said it in a way that he said he can kind of – list the experiences that each player in this team as a whole has gone through and that helps them in those types of moments. Mason Hickman was a weekend starter last year as a freshman. He was a freshman All-American. He was their Sunday pitcher. He was the guy on the mound in SEC series when it was 1-1 and he had to win a game on Sunday to win a series. He's pitched in the postseason. So when he gives up hits early on, it, it wasn't a sense of, oh my goodness, I just blew it in the national title game. It was, okay, what do I need to do to get this back on track? Because I feel like I'm going to be in here five, six innings. I've just got to get, I've done this before. I need to get it uh, back in line. And Ethan Paul, the senior shortstop, Vandy has not traditionally had a lot of seniors. They usually get go in the draft as juniors. Ethan Paul, senior shortstop, walks over to him, settles him down. He didn't even need to settle down, but he gave him some advice. And they just went from there. And the the senior leadership, the the experience on this team, um, really shown through. In addition to the uh, to the talent, and that's why Vandy won this one. Yeah, and then Stephen Scott, you know, Demarco walks in, you know, he gets walked, bases loaded, close two strike pits before that. I think it was actually the right call, but you know, I mean, it was close. Um, and then Stephen Scott rips one, and it's four one, and they're just off. And, and then it's just you know, you can see. And when it's all said and done, you're like, yeah, I mean, it was like 12-3 in the last two games. Vanderbilt's a much better team. They're the deserving champion. Um, SEC record 59 wins. So this is the hyperbole section of the podcast. Sure. So we can talk about best SEC team ever, best Vanderbilt team ever. I think I don't think that's debatable. Um, you know, Eric Backage apparently said Tim Corbin's the best coach in America in any sport. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got in Nashville, and this is something I'm probably going to write about here coming up soon, but just – you know this program's place in Nashville. I mean, this is this is the the gold standard. Even if college baseball does not have the same following, I'll tell you what. Based on we have certain measures about interest, and I would say it's very high. It's been very high for Vanderbilt baseball, but the, the, they're the gold standard in uh, you know in the city of Nashville. So give me all your best, best ever, this or that. Well. Um... Let me start on interest because that that's been a topic over the last few weeks. Um, you want to do another one on that? <laughs> just talk just, radio. Just yeah. <laughs> just just something quick. And I tweeted this the other day that we don't share internal numbers of page views, clicks, shares. No, these, but I can say if they're analytics. huge. Yeah, and they're huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, for people that think Vanderbilt baseball doesn't move the needle as much as the NFL, the NHL, everything that Joe and I know and have seen internally of our analytics says they're that and then some. Now, you know, at this time, at I mean, this that's time, something. Not in, you know better than me. Yeah, and yeah, Not March, in February, February and March yeah. in the postseason in Omaha. In Although Florida. I think every time Kumar Rocker pitches the next two years, it's yes. going to be like an event. But anyway. So hyperbole of the team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the superlatives. It, here's, the thing, here's the way to look at it, I think, is usually in college baseball you compare teams within the era. And the 80s and 90s was the offensive era. That's when guys were, you know, teams were winning 20 to 18, looked like church league softball. And then in the 2000s, it's been more uh, focused on pitching. Vanderbilt has the best hitting team in the country at a time when pitching is, is what people look at. And they also have one of the best staffs in the country. And then we have the best pitcher in the country next year in Kumar Rocker. 
So that's closer. Yeah, you know. they're good at what they're great at what other teams are good at right now, and they're also great at what teams used to be good at. And I think that's why you can you can put a lot of superlatives on this team. So I want to wrap it up. I've wrote some about it. You're writing some about it. We talked about it in the video too. But you know, tonight was, I will say, you know, I think that the Donny Everett story. Um, you know, we've known that the Everett's have been around, and it's and and it's that was always going to be part of the story of this team. I mean, the, this senior class, um, these guys are, you know, they came in with Donnie, and so, you know, it's been it's been tough for them. I mean, I think I think Tim Corbin actually said in the po in the presser after the game, paraphrasing like the program was like not right for a while. And, yeah. And so. Uh, so you know, on the one hand, this is a very much a it's a it's a kind of a full circle redemption story with those guys to be able to celebrate. You know, the fans of the forty one in the stands and the Everett's were here, but you know, it was also after the game. I mean, frankly, it was. I mean, it was sad to see too. I mean, you know, the Everett's. I mean, they. It was great that they showed up. The players had them on the stage, but it was a reminder too of, to me, you know, the 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 real life and the sports. It's still they're not the same thing. Yeah, I went up to uh, to Susan Everett, Donnie's mother, and I mean, to be candid, the way that I approached her is I said, I'm not going to be a reporter for the next 30 seconds, gave her a hug, told her a few things personally, because I'd, I'd covered the funeral and I covered Donnie, and I covered a lot of stories on this, obviously, and then we talked in private for a few minutes, and then I asked her, as I did Teddy before that, would you like to say anything in regards to how we're going to write about Donnie? And publicly, she said a few things that I'll that I'll write um, later this week. But um, her sense was um, the tears that she had in that moment. She said were only tears of joy, is the way she put it. Uh, but she knew other tears of sadness would come, both before that moment and after, because of they they enjoyed it. They were happy for Donnie's class that they won a national title, but there was still, you could even see in the separation with them on the team, on the stage, that they were with the team and then they pulled away from the team. And you could visibly see how they were conflicted of how to feel in that moment. So you and I don't know how that's, that, that is. Hopefully we never will. And uh, hopefully nobody listening knows how that is. But um, it's just got to be a ton of mixed emotions. And I think they're probably going to look back at, this national title with probably a lot of mixed emotions. It's not a happy ending. It's not. It's a better ending, but it's not a happy ending. Yeah, it's a happy sports ending. It's it's an you know it's an amazing program and team. You know, but that that is you know that's one of those things that all these people went through, in particular Donnie's family. That yeah, you can't you can't have an happy you can't have a happy ending to it. I mean, well, well no and the to... fact is, and, and for people to to put a little a little sliver of happy ending on this is that. He died in his freshman year. This would have been his senior year, and they're still at games. They were on the field. They didn't have a credential to get onto the field, and the team brought them onto the field. And they could have been sitting at home in Clarksville mourning their son still. Instead, they were surrounded by a team. And so where they are now is not where you would want to be, but where they are now because they're surrounded by that team is far better than they, where they'd be if had they not had that team surrounding them. And Tim Corbin, you know, he's used this term before a few times when he talked about the whole journey here with the seniors in particular, and he used the word calloused, sort of callous their brains, um, which, again, as he said, like you, can't, you don't want to look at something and say, this is a positive that comes out of something like this. There's no such thing, but... But it is part of their story, and it is part of 
probably this too it's part of this achievement um, and uh, so I think this this senior class and I guess it's it's seven but it's five actual seniors two two fourth-year juniors two fourth-year yeah. juniors you know I mean that they will be I think regarded there are more talented players in some of these other classes and who have gone through here, but but that's a group that I think will always be talked about around here. Yeah, I mean, Tim Corbin, like you said, has put it in different ways. He, he's put it in the same way with Tyler Brown, and I've written a lot about Tyler Brown, all that personally he's gone through in his life, that, that callousness um, is makes you immune to some stressful situations in post-game, post-games like this, post-season games like this, because eh, we may lose, it's okay. Um, I've been at a friend's funeral is what some of those guys are saying. I've lost my mother, some of those guys are saying. Uh, it can get far worse than this, and I think that that helped them in those stressful situations get through games that were close and games where they needed to just hold on uh, like this one. And, uh, you know, yeah, you don't want it to pay off, but it has paid off the experiences they've gone through. So how many nights in Omaha is this for you? Uh, well, we're in the a.m. now. Here in Omaha. But this will, so if you count this, this is night, 15, this 15th is 15 night. days. Yeah. yeah, all right. At the sleep in with ants. With No, the ants have been gone for a few days. I ran them out. I, I quit feeding them <laughs> with all the, all the crumbs of the food. So the hotel had you take care of the ants. That's right. Yes. There were cops at, a, at the hotel, though, a couple days ago. So okay. ants left, cops arrived. I don't know how either of them got there or what they were looking for. Well I've, well, I've been here three nights. I'm ready to go home. You've been here 15. You and George Walker, uh, great work, uh, fantastic job, and we're coming home now. Yeah, and for people that hear this, uh, the coverage doesn't stop with these game stories and columns. Over the next few days, even the next week or two, there'll be more. So just stay tuned to TennesseeN.com. That's right, and thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.